Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. I am your host, Roy Biancolana, and I have a very relevant topic to dive into today. We are going to talk about conflict, drama, you know, relationship problems, disconnections, misunderstandings, um, lack of harmony, and we have to start and admit that when two or more egos get together in the same room, there's liable to be some friction. There's liable to be some conflict. You know, we all have different backgrounds. We've been raised differently. We have different agendas. We have different needs. And so whenever two people have any type of close relationship, there's bound to be some conflict. Now, there are those that say that you can reach a point in your life where you're sort of so evolved that you don't have conflict anymore with people. And I understand that. There is some truth in that. But I'm not at that level. Are you? <laughs> so so I, I think... One of the principles that I have for this podcast is to kind of speak to us normal people. You know, I love the awakened beings. I love the the people who have reached the highest point of human potential. They are inspirational. They help us hold out hope. They show us what can be possible. But I sort of want to speak to the regular folk, like you and me, that are not so evolved and, in this case, do experience some conflict, maybe a lot of conflict, perhaps with a number of different people. So now I'd like you to listen to what we're going to talk about today but not only from the perspective of conflict with an intimate partner or someone you're dating. I want you to open up to a much wider perspective. And that is conflict and drama with any relationship in your life. I'm talking about you and your parents, your siblings, your teenagers, your friends, your co-workers, right? I mean, any relationship you have in your life can experience drama and conflict. So don't just pigeonhole this into, you know, this is some wisdom on how to handle conflict with somebody I'm dating or meeting online. It, it's a much broader discussion. And in addition to that, the idea of conflict and drama is an enormous subject, right? We, we could attack it from, 
I don't know, a half a dozen different directions. We could talk about, you know, how do you communicate with someone when there's something bothering you? We could talk about listening skills that are necessary in dealing with conflict or, you know, a disruption in relationship or a misunderstanding. So we could go, you know, a hundred different directions with this. And, you know, I'm quite committed to having podcasts that will touch on all of the dimensions of relationships in terms of conflict and drama. Because the idea here is, you know, to create and attract healthy, sustainable relationships. And so if you're going to have a healthy, sustainable relationship, well, then you need to handle conflict in a healthy way. Because if you don't, the relationship is not going to be sustained. <laughs> Correct? So today's focus, I really want to spend most of the time from, say, the 50,000-foot level. I want to have a broad discussion of the root cause of conflict, right? We could get into the nitty gritty about what do you do when somebody said something that hurts your feelings or you're upset with a decision someone made or something like that, right? There are particular, specific, real life kinds of issues that come up. But I think it's really beneficial to step back from the specific and ask a larger question, which is what are the root causes of conflict and drama and how do I create a harmonious connection with whoever I want to relate with, whether it's my boss or my partner or my children or my best friends, right? So that's the focus. I want to talk about the root causes of conflict and drama. And to jump right into it, there really are only two. Now that is going to sound pretty simplistic, um, but I, I, I think the two root causes of drama and conflict are such huge issues that you're going to see that no matter what kind of conflict or drama that you can that you might be experiencing now or that you can remember having been in in fact just as a caveat here it might be good to either think of a drama or conflict that you are in right now perhaps you and your mother-in-law are having issues <laughs> well maybe not mother-in-law maybe you and your ex-mother-in-law or your mother or your best friend or a co-worker or something like that. It would be good to call to mind either a drama or conflict that you are experiencing right now. And if there isn't one, I'm sure you can recall one that was a sort of a big deal to you. If you, if you can have something in your mind um, as we discuss this, I think what I'm going to say here is going to have more meaning and more impact for you. So these two basic areas are awfully broad and you're going to find that no matter what conflict or drama 
that you can think of or that you've been in or that you remember being in or you see somebody else in, if you look deep enough, you're going to see that the cause of the drama is coming from one of these two things. Now, the beauty of that is that it's so simple. It's so simple once you have some wisdom around these two things to end conflict and create harmony. So, broadly speaking, what are these two things? Well, they are either broken agreements or unclear agreements or the whole issue of agreements between people. When, when, when agreements are made and broken or when they're unclear and they're not specific and they're not understood by all parties and agreed to by all parties, that is going to lead to conflict and drama. The other one is misaligned commitments, meaning people are operating by different values. They have different ways of being in the world. They have different sort of priorities in terms of the way they function, the way they behave, the way they interact. So those are the two categories that are at the root of any drama that you might be in. There's either an issue around agreements or people are misaligned in their commitments. So let's take the agreements thing first. Okay, let's dive into this. Because I think it's the easiest one to understand. And I think it really is one of the easiest ones to fix. So simply put, when people say they're going to do something and they don't do it, <laughs> that, that creates drama, right? And when people say they won't do something and they end up doing it, that creates drama. And this is why in a great little book, called The Four Agreements, written by Don Miguel Ruiz. You know, the first agreement in that book is to be impeccable with your word. So most people understand that if your word is not your bond, if what you say can't really be trusted, if, 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 if there's a lack of sort of integrity in terms of when you make promises and you agree to meet someone at a certain time, you agree to, to take care of a project, you make an agreement to fidelity, you make an agreement to honesty, you make an agreement to clean your room, you know, you make an agreement uh, with a roommate that you won't leave dirty dishes in the sink, right? It, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a, a big, important agreement. It can be something small. But anytime agreements are broken, it leads to drama and conflict. Let me give you an example. Just this past week, I was going to play golf with a buddy of mine. And he set, he set it up on a Sunday afternoon. We were going to play golf at two o'clock. He sent me a text. Okay, we're teeing off at two o'clock. Great. I got over there and by the time he showed up and we teed off, it wasn't, it wasn't until three 30. We were an hour and a half behind. Okay. 
Now, I had made arrangements with my wife. I said, baby, I'm playing at 2. I'll be done just before 6. I'll be home at 6.30. We can spend the evening together. We'll make dinner together and all that. And I get there 10 minutes before 2. I'm ready to go. He's not there until well after. Then he's got some other stuff he's got to take care of. We don't tee off until 3.30, which means we'll be done near 7.30 and I'm home at 8. And that messes up everything. Right? So I was pissed. There was some conflict, right? Because we made an agreement for two o'clock and it was broken, right? So making and keeping agreements is essential. Now, when we talk about relationships, right? I mean, you're listening to this podcast and you probably listen, you have other sources of wisdom that you turn to for relationship insight, right? Relationships can get very complicated. I mean, you you can go really deep into all kinds of different dynamics and relationships and what makes them work and what doesn't, right? I mean, there are books and books and books written on relationships. So it can get awfully complicated. And yet, perhaps we're just missing that if we make and keep clear agreements most of our relationships will be beautiful and harmonious. But we don't do the simplest thing. So let's talk about this for a minute. Because part of the problem with broken agreements is that sometimes we make agreements to do things, whether it's with our friends. Again, it's not just in intimate relationships. We make agreements with our children, with friends, with family, siblings, co-workers, we make agreements that if we're honest, we really don't want to make. So one of the reasons we break our agreements is because we really didn't want to make them in the first place. And so there's a resistance in us from the get-go. So now why do we do that? Well, Sometimes we feel like we just have to do something. We have to agree. Well, my mother invited, you know, us over and we got to do this or that for, you know, my parents or your parents or, you know, I mean, so sometimes we feel obligated. We don't really want to do something, but we're obligated. So we do it, but we really don't want to do it. And so we end up either not fulfilling the agreement, uh, not keeping a promise, or being late with it, or procrastinating with something, because we really don't want to do it in the first place. We're just doing it because we feel like we have to or we're obligated, okay? The other reason we make agreements that we really don't want to keep is that we make them from ego. We, We want to look a certain way. We, we want people's approval. We don't want to disappoint anyone. So someone says, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm having a party on Friday night. You know, can you come? And you don't want to say no because they're having a party and, you know, they want you to be there, but you don't want to go. The people that are going to be there, you don't really like them. It's, it's not really your scene, you know, but you don't want to be a jerk. So you say, sure, I'll, 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 stop, I'll try to stop by, right? And then, of course, 
you know, you don't go because you never really wanted to go in the first place, but you kind of said you were going to go, even though you said, I'll try. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times we agree to things because we want to get approval from someone, you know, uh, or we want to appear a certain way. And so, yeah, we promise something, but we really don't have any intention of doing it. You know, this happens in relationships all the time. Um, you know, the whole issue of ghosting, I think, really comes down to agreements. So, you you know, you see someone, you're dating someone, you've been on a couple of dates, and, oh, yeah, I'm going to call you. Oh, this is great, great. I got your number. I'll text you. We'll get together next weekend. But you don't call and you don't text. You sort of just disappear because you didn't want to look them in the eye and say, you know, I don't really feel a connection here. You know, so you made an agreement by saying you would call, but you didn't do it. Now, they may have no way of contacting you, so there's no way to get in some big drama, but you sort of created some conflict and drama, even though you're not going to directly experience the results of it because you you didn't have the guts to be honest about what you wanted or what you didn't want. So that's one of the major things. The reason we break agreements is because we didn't want to make them in the first place. And it's either we're making them because we feel obligated, I kind of have to, and then you weasel your way out of it or you do it half-assed or you do it late or procrastinate or you're doing it to get approval or to look a certain way or not to disappoint someone or something like that. But you're saying yes when you don't mean yes. You're saying yes when you kind of mean no. Right? And even in the Bible, it talks about this. I mean, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be straight. You know, make clear agreements. Now, the other root problem with agreements that happens that causes lots of drama is you think you have made an agreement, but you possibly haven't. It's like you think that your, you, your friend agreed to come over and help you move some furniture around on Saturday. Um, but they don't understand it that way. So when, when they don't show up on Saturday, wait a minute, you were supposed to be here. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, you talked about moving some furniture, furniture maybe on Saturday, but we never made a formal agreement about that. You were just thinking, you were saying you, you might do it and you might need some help. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, if you need some help, you know, you let me know. And right. So it's unclear. It, it's it's not it's not been followed up with with some sort of communication that says, OK, now. So we agreed to do this by this time in a certain way. Right. So sometimes it can feel kind of mechanical. But when you make an agreement with someone. You really should follow it up with an email or a text message and saying, okay, so we agreed that you'd come by on Saturday afternoon at two o'clock and help me move furniture. That was my understanding. Do, is that what you heard? Or, you know, is, is that your understanding too? And then they'll write back, oh, no, no, no. I didn't know we were putting it down, like writing it in the schedule with pen. I thought you were just kind of, you know, riffing about something you might do on Saturday. Yes, I will be there now that I know the details or 
You know, no, I can't, right? So take a look. Think of some, think of some dramas that you've been in and ask yourself, is it about an unkept agreement or is it about an unclear agreement, right? Like this happens sometimes in my life. And I've, I've had a lot of drama in my life, especially with my clients around this, where someone will call me up and they'll want to have, um, you know, I offer a free 30 to 40 minute conversation to get to know someone and explore if we can work together, right? So, and that's, that's an offer to you listening to this. If you ever want to think about hiring me as a coach, I would never expect you to just write a check without ever talking to me about what you want to discuss and seeing if I can help you and what my program is and what's involved, right? So there's no charge for that. Call me up and talk. So after we have that conversation, after I have that conversation with, with any prospective client, at the end, we talk about whether or not they want to make a commitment. And very often, I don't force people to make commitments on the spot. They're like, I need a couple of days to think this over, look at my budget, you know, that kind of stuff. Fine. I said, okay, so so today is Wednesday, for example. Um, can you let me know one way or the other what your decision is by Sunday? Yes. Okay, great, great. I'll expect to hear from something from you on Sunday. Okay, so I have learned that if I'm going to ask for an answer about coaching, to be very specific with that. So at the end of the phone call, I will just summarize. Okay, great. So we talked about a coaching program. This is how much it's going to cost. We have made an agreement that you will get back to me with a yes or a no by this Sunday. Is that, is that how you understood it? Yes. Boom. That's clear. I go one step further. I follow up with an email. And I say, hey, so-and-so, that's a great conversation. I'd love to help you and work on whatever issue it is with you. We agreed that this would be the program, this is how much it would cost, and you agreed to get back to me on Sunday with an answer. I look forward to hearing some good news from you or something like that. Okay, so I'm doing everything within my power to make a clear agreement as to who's doing what by when, okay? And even that, sometimes a person, you know, if I don't hear something on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, by Tuesday or Wednesday... I'll shoot him an email. Hey, I thought we had an agreement. You'd let me know what's going on. So what's happening? Now, usually that means they're, they've said no and they don't, they don't want to write me and tell me. Um, but I sometimes get back in touch with them saying, you know, we had an agreement there. And this most recent situation, a person said to me like, oh, I didn't know that it was that I was supposed to get back to you. I thought it was you know, we just, I was going to take a couple days to kind of figure it out and, and I'd get back to you whenever I had an answer. And, you know, in that situation, there's, there's no drama because I don't take it personal, but, you know, I could just refer him to the, the email thread and no, we actually had a formal agreement. Okay. So if you want to end drama in your life, you have to start getting very clear with your agreements. Well, well, first, you have to decide that if you promise to do something, you're going to do it. Now, sometimes you got to renegotiate something, 
at work, you make a promise, I'll get the project done by Friday. The shit hits the fan, something's going on. You got to go back to your boss, say, boss, Friday's not going to work, man. Can we renegotiate this and can I get it to you by the end of the day, Monday or something like that, right? So just because you agree to do something doesn't mean that you can't renegotiate it. Doesn't mean you can never change your mind, okay? It, It does mean, however, that you won't do that very often. If you make agreements to your friends or people you're dating and I'll see you on Saturday, we'll do this or we'll do that on Thursday and you're always calling them up saying, listen, I can't make it. Can we reschedule? Can we reschedule? Can we reschedule? Then any promise you make in the future to these people is just falling on deaf ears. They're like, oh yeah, Roy, Roy said we would get together on Thursday, but you know what that means. It, it means nothing. He's going to cancel on Tuesday and reschedule, right? So you not only want to make clear agreements, you want to really check with yourself about the agreements you make so that you don't have to renegotiate them or renege on them altogether, right? You you want to be impeccable with your word. And that starts with something that's called a whole body yes. Okay, so here's a big principle of conscious living. A conscious person, before they they give their word on something, before they agree to do something, because they know if they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it unless there's some major emergency, they're not going to reschedule. So when a conscious person says, yes, I will take responsibility for that, or I will do this, I will call you, I will take care of that chore, I will handle a situation at work or something, when they do that, they have already checked with themselves and found what's called a whole body yes, meaning everything within them is in alignment with saying yes. There's no glitch. There's no, I kind of want to, but a piece of me doesn't really want to. There's no double-mindedness. There's there's no... I mean, you're really checking with yourself. Am I doing this because I feel obligated and I really don't want to? Or am I doing this because I want to look good? I don't want to disappoint people. I kind of want their approval. You're checking with yourself as to what's really going on before you sign on the dotted line by giving your uh, agreement, your promise to do something. And here's the thing with the whole body, yes. If you don't have that, if there is something in you that's not fully committed to saying yes, then the answer is no. A conscious person only says yes to things that they feel completely at ease with doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I totally want to do that. I look at my schedule. I look at my life. I'm in. No doubt. It's going to have to be some sort of ridiculous earthquake emergency to keep me from doing that because I actually want to do it. I want to make this commitment. I want to make this agreement. I I want to do whatever it is. Everything in me is yes about this. And a conscious person recognizes that if there's anything in them that says no, even if they don't understand why. I had a one of my best friends, Jim Defmer, who I'm going to interview very soon on the podcast, we were going to play golf one time. We're, we're best friends. And he just called me up and we were talking about a certain day, about playing golf a certain day the following week. 
And he's like, Roy, for some reason, I don't get a yes about this. It's got nothing to do with you. I have no idea why. But there's something in me that says, I'm not sure. No. So I'm going to say no. No, I don't take it personal. It has nothing to do with me. Right? But he was simply asking himself, do I have a whole body yes about playing golf next week with Roy at this certain golf course at a certain time? And there was something in him that was holding him back. So he didn't try to go into some major figure it out. He just trusted his, the energy in his body was giving him a message that no. So we didn't do it. We played golf some other day, right? So this is important that you think about whether you want to be a person who makes commitments from a whole body yes. Because it's a big, big deal. Because there are times when you're going to disappoint people because people will think that you should say yes. You know, when you feel like you're obligated, it's because the other person probably feels like, you know, you don't have a choice. It's family dinner or it's a family Christmas or something's going on where you're supposed to be there. And you don't have a whole body yes about going. It doesn't sound exciting to you. You don't really want to be there. There's something else you'd rather do. And when you commit to a whole body yes, sometimes you look at people and you say, I, I know this is going to disappoint you, but I'm not going to make that agreement. I'm not going to do it because I want to honor the energy in my body. I, I only want to do things. I only want to commit to things where I'm all in. Because I know what happens when I do something out of obligation. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be sour. I'm going to be negative. I'm going to be a little resentful. I'm going to be playing a game. I'm here. I want to be here. I'm here just because you're going to get mad at me. Or I'm agreeing to do this because, you know, I need your approval. That doesn't feel good in me. And so a conscious person is taking responsibility for their feeling alive and open and their own integrity. And that means that you only commit to things you have a whole body yes about. But when you do that, some other people can have reactions. That doesn't mean there's drama. You're, you're just saying they're inviting you to a party on Saturday night. And you're like, you know, I, um, no, I don't want to go. Now, if they have a reaction, that's, that's not drama between the two of you. That's them just having a reaction. Right, The drama would be is when you go and then you're in a bad mood and you're acting funny and distant because you're at some party or at some event that you don't want to be at. And then people are like, what's up with you and what's going on here? And now you got drama. Okay, So a whole body yes. Now, here's how I describe this. My favorite food in the world is pizza. And for years, I lived in Orlando, Florida. And I'm from Chicago. Okay, so in my mind, there is no good pizza in Florida. Okay, not when you're used to Chicago pizza. So just imagine if I'm living in Florida and someone says, hey, Roy, there's a guy that, you know, like a Lou Malnati's is opening up a franchise in Orlando. Do you want to go? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> right? Like everything in me is yes. I don't care how many calories it is. I don't care, man. I got a whole body. Yes. About going to eat Lou Malnati's pizza 
when I was living in Florida and they don't have one down there, by the way. Um, you see what I mean? So there's no holdback. There's no glitch. There's no, yeah, I want to, but there's a part of me that really doesn't, right? So a conscious person is just impeccable with their word. They start by really asking themselves, do I want to do this? Do I want to make this agreement? Because I know if I say yes, I'm not backing out because I'm going to be impeccable with my word. But I also don't want to say yes to things that I'm going to regret or say yes when I don't really want to because then I'm out of my own integrity and my own alignment and that's going to cause a kind of drama within me and within the relationships. Okay? So if you want to end conflict and create harmony, start taking a look at your agreements. Do you make clear agreements? Do you keep your agreements? Do you make agreements that you actually want to make? All right? Now, the second reason drama happens is that people have misaligned commitments. Okay? Now, I have created a document that's called the Dating Manifesto. And basically what it is, it's a list of 10 commitments of conscious dating and relating. And the document describes the conscious way of doing something and the conventional or, you know, the common way. And so it, 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 it shows, yeah, they're opposing views. It might be on a topic like communicating. The conscious way to communicate is to reveal. The conventional way to communicate is to conceal or to only share the parts that you think need to be said in order for you to sort of get what you want or control people's feelings or reactions. A conscious person doesn't play any kind of games. It's, they, they just reveal. They're authentic. They're real. Um, they blurt. They just live out loud. And then whatever happens with, with that is what happens with that. But there's no game playing when you're coming from a conscious place. So this dating manifesto has got 10 commitments, and I just described one of them. And I'll send it to you if you want it. But if you're hearing this and you want that, that document, just send me an email, roy at coachingwithroy.com, and I'll send it to you. It's phenomenal because it lays out a set of commitments or a way of being in the world from a conscious perspective. Because if you are coming from one perspective on something and another person is operating by a completely different perspective, you are in trouble. You are going to have conflict because there's something guiding you, a principle or a commitment, um, a certain way of acting or behaving or responding. You're operating that way. They're playing a completely different game. They're operating by a different value. Okay? So, I often describe it like this. You could go to a park on Saturday morning. It's got soccer fields and basketball courts and baseball fields. Well, if you bring a soccer ball, you're wanting to play soccer. You're going to play a certain game, right? The ball's on the ground. You're going to kick it into a big giant net, okay? Now, it's not going to work if there's another person there, but they want to play basketball. They want to take the soccer ball and bounce it and use their hands and shoot it into a goal that's 10 feet off the ground. 
You can't play both games at the same time. <laughs> you follow me? You can't play soccer and basketball at the same time. They're, they're completely different games. You can't play baseball and basketball at the same time. They're just different games. Well, we all have kind of a game, you could say, that we play. It's our way of being in the world. And I don't use game in a pejorative sense. I mean, there's a conscious way of being. It's not right or wrong or better. It's just, it's just a way of living. It's, it's a way of living that's guided by certain commitments and certain principles. But there are, there are other ways of being in the world. There are other commitments. There are other values. So it's not about one is right or wrong. Just like soccer isn't better than basketball. Basketball isn't better than soccer. They're just different games. But the only way to have any fun and have any harmony is if you're both playing the same game together, <laughs> right? If you're trying to kick it and they're trying to shoot it with their hands, you're going to be like, what are you doing? You keep picking the ball up and you, you can't use your hands in soccer. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, you can't use your feet in basketball. You, you can't kick the ball. It's a, it's, a, it's a violation, right? So I'm not saying the conscious way is better or more morally right than the conventional way. I'm just saying they're different. And you, and if you're in a relationship with anyone, I mean your parents, your children, your friends, your coworkers, and you're playing one game and they're playing another game, it ain't going to work. You're going to have drama. So let me give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Okay? So one of the ways you can be in the world is to be in the place where you want to take responsibility for your results and your experiences and what's happening. You want to be a person who claims responsibility and says, life doesn't happen to me, it happens by me. So that's a conscious person's perspective, that they don't play the victim. They don't blame. If they're having a problem or they're facing a challenge or they have some sort of result in their life, you know, how much, how much they weigh, their financial situation, their relationship status. They don't blame their experience or their results on someone or something. They don't blame their parents. They don't blame the dating scene. They don't blame all oh, online dating sucks. That's why I'm single. They don't blame. They take responsibility for what's occurring in their life. That is a, that's a certain game that you play. I mean, that's a certain way of being that when you are facing a challenge, like if you're single, if you're taking responsibility, then you're of the mindset that somehow I'm keeping myself single. I have some sort of resistance to being in a relationship. I'm not single because I just haven't met the right person yet. I'm not single because all the good ones are taken or gay. I'm single because on some level, I want to be single because I am single and I'm responsible for my life. I'm in a sense writing the script in my movie. My life is my movie. I'm in charge of my movie. I'm in charge of the plot. I choose the actors in my movie. I'm writing the script. Life is my movie, and right now in my movie, I'm single. It's not happening to me. I'm not at the effect. I'm not the victim of the dating scene or something. 
I'm not blaming the way I was raised. I'm not pointing the finger at any of that. I'm actually committed to taking responsibility for my relationship results. And I'm curious about what I can learn from them and what I need to shift within me so that I can attract a healthy relationship. Okay, that's a certain perspective. But most people are in blame. That life does not happen by them. It happens to them. I'm this way because online dating sucks. Or because my work schedule is so intense, I don't have time to meet people. Or, you know, I've got certain health problems. Or I've got kids. Or in other words, they look at like their dating relationship experience and they're blaming it on God or the economy or on themselves or on their parents in some way, right? So these are, whether you take responsibility or blame and play the victim are two completely ways of different ways of being in the world. They're like, they're so opposite. It's like you're playing soccer or, and basketball. So if you are in a relationship with someone, I don't care if it's your parents, I don't care if it's your best friend, I don't care if it's an intimate partner. If if you are of the mindset that I want to take responsibility for what's occurring. So imagine there's some problem between you and a parent or you and a sibling or a partner. If you're of the mindset that I am taking 100% responsibility, then you're not blaming the other person. You're asking yourself, what am I doing to create the problem? What am I missing? Have I broken an agreement? Have I said I would do something and I haven't? Right? You're, you're asking the question, how have I created this? What did I do to get us where we are? The other person, when there's a problem in this relationship, maybe it's your parent, maybe it's a, a lover, maybe it's a sibling. The other person when there's a problem, is pointing the finger. You are why my life sucks. This situation is your fault. You did this to me. Right? So if you're trying to relate with someone when there's a problem and they want to point the finger and you want to take responsibility, you're always going to be in drama. Because they're always going to be blaming you. And 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 it's just not going to work. You're it's like you're trying to play basketball and soccer at the same time. You're not playing the same game. The only way to have a healthy relationship is if both of you want to take responsibility. So when there's a problem between you and a parent or you and a best friend or you and a partner, you're having this problem. Both of you are asking yourselves, what did I do to create this? What's my part? Did I break an agreement? So both people are looking at themselves and trying to see what they did to create the problem. So there's no finger pointing. You're actually standing side by side with one another, looking at the problem, and each of you speaking to yourself is saying, what am I missing here? How did I get us here? What did I do? There is no top topic about you did this and you did that and it's your fault and you don't get in that victim villain argument. 
No, it's your fault. But don't you dare make it my fault. We're this way because this is what you did and you did. Don't, don't you dare make it about me. This is about what you did. And then you, you argue over who's the villain and who's the victim, who's right and who's wrong. Okay. So do you see that these are different ways of being that if you're in a relationship with someone and one of you wants to take responsibility and the other one of you doesn't and wants to blame, you're just always going to be in some sort of conflict. You follow me? Now, there's another one associated with this. It's the issue of be, whether you are committed to being curious and learning from a dynamic that's happening in a relationship or whether you are committed to being right. Okay. Those are very different things. So again, there's some sort of problem. There's some sort of challenge. There's, there's an issue coming up. Uh, perhaps there was a broken agreement or, you know, perhaps you're talking about politics or I mean, anything, right? Where are you coming from in the conversation? Are you looking at the problem or the dynamic or whatever it is from a place of curiosity? Like, hmm, um, I know what my opinion is. I, I sort of know what my judgment is. I, I, I do know, I, I, you know my perspective, but yet I'm really open to learning. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. In fact, I do recognize that my mind has got a very limited perspective. I mean, my mind only knows what I've experienced. And I haven't experienced everything going on in the universe. So even though I have an opinion and I have a judgment, and this is what my mind tells me, I'm holding all of that very loosely because there may be things that I don't know that I don't know. And so I'm really curious to learn about your perspective. I want to hear what you have to say. The other way is you're committed to being right. I'm right. There is no discussing this. I'm right. This is the way it is. This is the truth. <laughs> this is the truth of the situation. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you hear this on TV all the time, because this is what they do. They just get in drama on TV, uh, especially the cable news channels, right? Everybody's right. Nobody has any curiosity. Nobody's committed to learning and really listening and perhaps even changing their mind once they get more information. They are just got their fingers in their ears. No, 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 I'm not listening. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Okay. So if, if, if you're a person who plays the game of I'm right, and there's another person in the relationship that is playing the game that I'm curious and open to learning. Do you see how that, those two don't mix? You're just going to have drama all the time. The only way a relationship really works is if both people recognize that, yes, they have their opinions, they have their judgments, they, they have their perspectives, but they really recognize how limited they are and they're, they're just wanting to learn. They end up becoming better listeners. They, they end up actually learning things. But the, the point is, is that you're playing the same game together. So if you're in a relationship with someone who's always wanting to be right, 
you're going you're gonna to have arguments and conflict. Well, I guess not necessarily. You could say, okay, you can be right. I'm just not going to talk about that with you. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do. But I, I think you get at what I'm getting at. If you want to take responsibility and somebody's a blamer, you guys aren't playing the same game. If you want to be open to learning and be curious and hold your opinions very loosely and you're open to changing them when new information arises and there's another person who's committed to being right and they're going to be defensive and closed-minded, right? There ain't no way that you're playing different games. A third commitment would be the one I talked about earlier, which is communication. There are two basic ways to communicate. You can be a person who reveals, who makes their thoughts, their judgments, even things they're imagining. They make them known. They share what they're feeling, what they're wanting, what they're believing, what they're assuming. They live out loud. They're a revealer, right? They I talk about living nakedly in my book, Relationship Boot Camp, about there's no secrets. There's nothing withheld. There are no half-truths. There is just openness and honesty and transparency. That's a certain way of being in the world. That I, That's the way I want to roll. That's the game I want to play. I want to play that revealing game. Well, most people don't want to play that game. Most people play some version of I'm going to conceal in order to control the outcome of something, some conversation, some relationship. So I'm going to share this, but not that. Or I'm going to give you know, I'm gonna, some half-truths, or I'm going to withhold something because I don't think you can handle it, or you're going to get mad at me if I told you that I have this opinion, or I have this judgment, right? So most people withhold and conceal in order to control the outcome of something, the way a relationship goes. They want to control how you feel about them, your, their, your image, um, right? They want to put forth a certain image. So I'm going to show you this about me and I'm going to let you know this about me because it, it, it's going to control how you see me, but I'm not going to tell you about this part of me or this part of my past, or this opinion, or this belief I have, because I don't think you would like that, and I might not get asked out on a second date. Do you follow me? This happens, really comes to the surface early in the dating game. The romance phase is basically two people pretending, because you want to get liked, right? You know there's a physical attraction. You want them to like you. You want to get a second date. So you're going to sort of calculate in your head what you can say, what you can't say. If, if they say something that's offensive to you or something that hurts your feelings or they treat someone else on your date, maybe the server or something, in a rude way or somehow there's a glitch in you and you don't like something that you heard or something that you saw, well, you're not going to say that to them. Because if you confronted them on the way they just treated that server... <laughs> They'd probably walk out of the restaurant and they would never call you back again. So, you know, they're really cute. You know, they're really hot, you know. And so I'll just let that go. Maybe that was just them having a bad moment or, you know. In other words, you've slipped into concealing your inner truth. You're not living out loud anymore. You're not letting up. You're not living, relating nakedly. 
there's a secret. There's something that happened in you that you didn't share. Okay? Can you see that those are very different games? Can, can you see that if you want to be a person who lives transparently and openly and honestly and doesn't try to control your opinion of them, but just puts their truth out there and hopes that it will lead to greater discussion and greater understanding and greater harmony, but they don't play the game of withholding and half-truths and and any of that. They're just raw and they're real and they're from the heart and what you see is what you get. And the other person is playing a calculating game. Do you see how that ain't going to work? You're playing basketball. You're playing soccer. You, you can't be in the same relationship doing that. Okay? So those are just three examples. Now, I know what you're thinking. What happens if me and, say, my mother, me and my father, or me and my sister, what happens when I can't just walk away. I mean, if I'm dating someone and they're not honest and I want to be in an honest relationship, okay, I can dump them. But I can't really dump my mother. I can't dump my father. I can't dump my, my sister or my brother, right? What do I do when I'm in relationship with someone who's playing by a very different game? Well, there's two things. The first is you certainly can end your relationship with anyone who doesn't want to play the same game you do. Not that you're right and they're wrong, but if you want to play soccer and they want to play basketball, say, listen, go play basketball. I'm not playing with you. So you can end a relationship with your mother or father. You can end a relationship with a sibling. Okay. Don't tell me you can't. It may be very difficult. It may be weird and ugly, but you could do it. But let's just imagine you're not willing to do that. I'm just, I'm just not going to never speak to my mother again because she's always manipulating me and, and telling me you know, lies about my siblings and things like that. And you know, she's always blaming me for what's ever wrong in her life, like I'm the worst daughter ever. You say, okay, yeah, she does that, but I'm, I'm just not going to walk away from her. Okay, fine. What you can recognize is that a person is playing the game that they want to play. And they are fully able to play their game. Like, your game isn't better. So we have to stress this. I do believe the conscious way works better. It creates harmony and intimacy and closeness. But it's not a right and wrong thing. It's just a different way of being that I, that I in my experience, it leads to better relationships. So you can look at someone close to you that's not willing to live in alignment with your commitment and understand that they live by a different value. They live by different commitments and that's fine. I understand we'll never be really close because they're a blamer and I want to take responsibility. And it's okay if they want to blame. They can blame me. They can do whatever they want. You know, so I'm still in relationship with them, but there's going to be a little distance. It, it, we're, we're not going to be best pals. We're not going to be as deeply connected as you might be with your best girlfriend or buddy who is aligned with you in these commitments. Okay? So these are dynamics, of course, where coaching comes in real handy. Like, 
okay, how does this play out with my boss? <laughs> I mean, my boss is the boss and pretty much whatever his commitments are the way it goes. Yeah, so I always have conversations with my clients when they want to live by conscious principles and their workplace environment is not aligned with those. How do you handle that? How do you handle when your family dynamics are not in alignment with conscious values and you want to live that way? How do you handle when you've been in a relationship with someone intimately and you used to relate the same way, but now you're shifting, you're changing. You no longer want to operate from that perspective. Now, what do you do, right? So applying this to your life requires a one-on-one conversation. It requires going a little deeper and help having someone who's got experience in this stuff like I do. I've had to work out all these different commitments with all of my relationships. Um, so I've been through all of this. So we might need to have a conversation about this. So all that this podcast might have done was to help you see that the root of drama is because we got unclear and unkept agreements and we are misaligned in our, in our commitments. Now, what do you do with those relationships when they're like that? How do I handle my friend? Like I told you, my golfing buddy, you know, what am I going to do with this guy the next time he wants to play golf? Well, I'm going to say, hey, bud, do you mean two o'clock this time? Because last time we teed up at 3.30. That doesn't work for me. I make plans with my day. So if it's 3.30, tell me. If it's two o'clock, two o'clock means two o'clock. Are we clear on that? <laughs> and if he's like, no, I can't promise you that two o'clock is two o'clock. Then I was okay, well, I'm not going to play. Because I, I, can't, I don't want to live that way. You're not wrong for by just playing it by ear and showing up and, you know, teeing off just whenever willy-nilly. That's fine if you want to do it that way. That doesn't work for me. I have too much structure and things in my life. So if we can commit to a time, I'm in. If you don't want to do that, that's fine, but I'm not going to play. Okay? So, again, I'm just saying talk to me. You need coaching if you want to end drama in your life and, and coaching on how to apply these things to your life, right? Does that make sense? The root of all drama. Remember, I, I asked you to call that issue to mind, your own drama or one in the past. Which category was it in? Was it because there were unclear and unkept agreements? Or is it deep down a result of misaligned commitments that you're playing different games? And they don't match and they don't mix. Well, all right. That's our first discussion about conflict and drama. There are more to come. And we will do that in future episodes of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Take care and we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.